And then, jerks, please be seated. Right. Isn't it great to have some speakers on speaker stands for a change? Yep. And then we were going to have free, uh, we were going to have free mics, but uh, we didn't have enough leads. So uh, we're, we're, we're improving as a church, eh, man. We're improving as a region. We're, we're bringing the gospel to East London in the right way. The title of today's message: Forceful or Remorseful. I got some jokes that uh, Denzel's given me. He wanted me to test these out on you guys. So if anything happens, you can blame him. Regret is a useless emotion. I wish I'd known that a long time ago. Denzel, they're not liking that one, though. I hope the next two they like. Which bird did Noah regret taking on the ark? The woodpeckers. Decent. One thing a friend of mine regrets is that he left his girlfriend after she lost her foot in an accident. He said he was just lactose intolerant. Yeah, you guys can blame Denzel. No more jokes, Denzel. This is the last time. So the title of the sermon is Forceful or Remorseful? Let's go to Acts 17. Now, if you know anything about Acts 17, we jump right in the middle to verse 16. This was historically at a time when Athens had a habit of including any gods along with science and philosophy into their city. It's said historically that Athens had twice as many gods and religious festivals than any other city in Greece. Let's read verse 16. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens... His spirit was troubled within him when he saw that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and with those who worshipped God and in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. Then also some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers argued with him. Some said, what is this pseudo-intellectual trying to say? Other versions will say, what is this babbler trying to say? Others replied, he seems to be a preacher of foreign deities. Because he was telling them the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. They took him and brought him to the Areopagus. And said, may we learn about this new teaching you're speaking of. For what you say sounds strange to us. And we want to know what these ideas mean. Now all the Athenians and the foreigners residing there spent their time on nothing else but telling or hearing something new. The Bible says that Paul saw these idols in the city and the Bible says that he was fired up for the inclusion of them. No. No? 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 Is that not what it says, Ola? No. no. I got it wrong? Okay. No, it says that he was deeply troubled. London can be the exact same way, I think, sometimes. Wouldn't you agree? Yep. There are so many different agendas in the city of London today. You've got the liberal agenda. The idea that truth is not absolute. Truth is subjective. Anything goes. A new idea 
Well, if it's okay for the majority, then it must be okay for everyone. You got the vegan agenda. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's fine about that one. Uh, I, I, was with, uh, I was in Shoreditch with Naomi and um, a couple of disciples yesterday, and you got to see half of the food shops there are all vegan now. You go into Nando's, half their menu is vegan. Yeah, they're selling watermelon, they're selling broccoli. Oh, oh wow, they're supposed to sell chicken, they're selling all this vegan stuff. Everyone has an agenda. But Paul was focused on one agenda, God's agenda. Verse 17. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and with those who worship God and in the marketplace every day. This word reasoned, it means to get a conclusion across. And it comes from the word, the Greek word dialogomai, which is where we get the English word dialogue from. Now it says that Paul's spirit was troubled, but what did he do? Did he get depressed? Did he say, well, you know, it's just how things are, we can't change things, it's just how the city is? No, he did something about it. Question. What do you do when your heart is troubled? Do you lose hope? Do you doubt God? Do you get bitter at God for your circumstances? We need to be like Paul. Despite the issues, Paul had a message. Question. What message did you proclaim to London this week? Was it bold? Was it a bold message? I'm looking for people that want to change London. Was it a heartfelt message? Did you speak to people about your story? We've got some incredible stories. I think of Michael Ottawa's story. I think of where he came from. I think of the fact that at one time he could have been a child soldier in Uganda. Try to tell me that's not a, that's not a heartfelt story. I think of Naomi's story. Of, of her upbringing. And all the things she goes through. We're having a, oh, as a name we're having a Women's Day conference next week about confidence. Yeah. I'm fired up to know that every woman in this room can have confidence in God. Amen. And that's what they can preach out there, amen? Yeah. Was it a short message? Maybe it was, I'm too busy. Maybe it was, I don't have time to share my faith. I don't have time to speak to people. I've got too many things to do. Was it a faithless message? That the city is just not going to change. It, nothing's going to change. What can one person do? Well, I'll tell you what one person can do. You can change somebody else's world. We may not be able to change the whole world in a day. Or the whole world in a week. But let me tell you something. You can change one person's whole world in a day. You know, it's incredible... Uh, this week I said, okay, I'm going to need to go after two commitments for Women's Day. And I spoke to a couple of girls at my workplace, and I was just, I was just honest with them. and said, hey, we've got a women's conference coming up, it's about confidence, I'd love to invite you. You know what they said? Yeah, we'll come. We'll come out to it. Why? Because women are looking for confidence. Where, you, sisters, you tell me, where do women get their confidence from these days? Hands up, hands up, give me some hands. Trina. Magazines, TV, Jibbling. Makeup. 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 <laughs> Makeup. Naomi. Men's approval. Men's approval. Liz. Jesus. Achievements. Eugenie. Makeup. Makeup. 
Oh, the brothers would have. Okay. The, the brothers have a Taiwo. One more. Social media. How about the brothers? Where do we get our confidence from? Let's speak for the brothers. Uh. <laughs> one, one, one brother said food. I don't, I don't get my com- I, I need food. I don't get my confidence from food though. <laughs> Bradley. Ah, shaper. A trim. You see a brother that's got a bad trim, his confidence is through the floor. You don't want to say, you don't want to say, if you got a bad trim, you don't want to show your face. They're like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm bringing to these people. Jermaine? Do you think some other people won't do? Ah, people pleasing. What about the marrieds? I want to, no, no, no. Career. Career. How much, isn't that crazy? The amount of money we have in the account determines our confidence. Yes. Isn't that kind of sad? So you know that if you're broke, you can't feel good about yourself? Uh, uh. That if you're rich, then you should feel good about yourself? Yeah. How about more? Oliver, what do you think? Mm. I know you're sipping his tea over there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely a certain standard of living. You live in a certain neighborhood. Mm. Mm. Yeah, lifestyle. He mentioned bad car. If you've got a bad car, your confidence is gone. You got, a, you got a car that's missing a seat. I remember one time uh, I was in Nigeria. Oh my goodness. I was in a cab with my, uh, with my family. And you know, if you've ever been to like, you know, places where the, the, the transport isn't like, you know, where it needs work, there was a carpet on the, the, on the floor of the car. And I must have been like 18. And I'm just curious, like, why is there a carpet on the back of the, the on the floor? And I, I peeled back the carpet and I, and I could see the road <laughs> moving as I was going. And I was like, oh, okay. I put it back, I was like, man, if I was driving, I'd have no confidence. I, I, my confidence went. My confidence fell through that hole in the car. Because I thought, if anything happens to this car, then it's going to go. But that's, that's not just Nigeria, that's everywhere. People get their confidence from different things. You know, we had our blitz yesterday. Uh, we had the sharing in uh, in Bethlehem Green, and it's incredible to know that how much London needs the gospel. Mm-hmm. It's great to know that there are people out there that are seeking for change. I've been getting to, to know Tosin over the past couple of months, uh, brother in the West Region. Tosin's got an incredible job, uh, great guy. You know, always grilling me about gym and about physical fitness. And I remember I need help there. But he says one thing, he says, you know, I wish I'd become a disciple sooner. He's a guy that, when he was reached out to, he was working in Canary Wharf. And you can look at a guy like that and think, wow, like, he, might, he must not need the gospel. You know, got, got a great look, he's got great money, got a great career, he must not need the gospel. No, he said, no bro, I wish I became a disciple sooner. I wish I could see this. London needs to see this. London needs to see what's inside this room, amen? Yes. And we need to believe that as disciples. If you're here for the first time, we're not just some community church. Yeah, we're using a community building, but we don't believe in just changing the community. This is not some little dinky, sing some kumbayas and have some sandwiches afterwards and we'll call it a day. No. We want to study the Bible with you. We want you to help us change London. That's what we're looking for. Amen? Amen. Bible says that Paul went to the marketplace day by day. Here's the practical. 
preach day by day. Here's my question. What is your faith goal? Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, bro, I haven't decided on a number or, hey, bro, you know, I've chosen this amount of people to speak to. We need to change our perspective when it comes to sharing our faith, when it comes to reaching out to people. We need to really replicate what Paul did here. He saw the issues in Athens. He saw the idols. He saw the, 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 um, the, the liberalism and just the, the amount of acceptance. And he said, no, I'm going to do something about it. When we share our faith, this is what we need to speak to people about. We want to do something about the knife crime. Because guess what? How much knife crime has happened in our church this year? Zero. How much drug abuse is accepted? Zero. How many divorces are accepted? Zero. We have a zero tolerance policy in the church. Isn't that awesome? So now that you can come here and this can be a safe place. Now, we're human beings. We're going to sin against each other. But the last I saw, no one stabbed each other in the room. Unless I've I've got something wrong. Am I wrong? But how about London? There is an acceptance of knife crime. That it just happens. And it's sad. I was on LinkedIn uh, uh, last week. And to know that there was a conference run by the government. A conference about knife crime. That costs £300 per person. £300 to sit in a room to talk about the issue. That's not us. No. We have things like Mercy Worldwide to change the issue. We reach out to people to change them. This is what we focus on campus ministry. Campus ministry isn't just about reaching out to students because they're young and they're cool. Yeah, they're cool. But they're poor. (laughs) They don't have the money that singles do or the marriages do. No, it's about changing people. Changing their lifestyle. Changing their backgrounds. And this is what we need to do when we speak to people. We need to understand that what's happening out there directly affects each and every person. Not only in this room, but out there. Broken homes. Broken families. Single parent families. And I meant single parent families are awesome. But people that need help. People that need parents in their lives. It's incredible to have Deji's father out here. So great to have him out here. That personally, that person impacts me. Because my, my dad never visited me at church. He never visited me. Never had an interest in those things. How about, and I'm sure I'm not the only person in this room. That needed parents in their lives. Parents that wanted them to change. You know, it's crazy. We live in a city where people are more concerned about going to a club. Oh, you can go to a club. Oh, you, you want a venue for a club for drinking? Yeah, fine, sure. You can have that. But for a church, ooh. Religious organization, ooh. Not sure about that. Ooh. What are you going to be speaking about? Oh, you want to speak about God, about the gospel? Ooh. There's a venue down the road. You can speak to them. That's London we live in. Full of idols. How many people are you going to impact this week? Our perspective has got to be people have it so much worse. No matter how we have it in this room, people out there have it so much worse. Why? Because they don't have the gospel. They don't have this fellowship. They don't have the word of God. They don't have the Holy Spirit. 
Point number two. The force of God. Come on, Samuel. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 3. You know, one thing that I think we don't do enough of is really study out the Holy Spirit. But it's incredible because when you look at Paul's boldness, you can easily think, well, how was he that bold? Maybe it was because of his Jewish upbringing. Maybe it was because, you know, he was just a great speaker. He was well-traveled. Well, let's read Ephesians 3, verse 16. Paul says, I pray that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power in the inner man through his spirit. Other versions say, I pray out of the glorious riches, out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, understand every good thing we have in Christ Jesus. What does the Bible say? When the Holy Spirit strengthens you, it produces a result. And the result is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I'm sure that went over some of your heads. You're like, okay. Let me, let me explain it a bit more for you. The Bible says here, as we read in Galatians 6 about the fruit, what are the fruits of the Spirit? Love, Love peace, joy, patience, kindness. Some of us can just reel them off. The Bible says right here, that if someone is filled with the Holy Spirit, those are the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Love, peace, Patience, kindness, forbearance. This goes on. And this is what helps us to understand that if we want to be bold in London, we're not going to be able to do it on our own strength. We're not going to be able to do it. I don't know about you guys. After a long day of work, I am tired. I may not always feel like showing my faith. I may not feel like speaking to people I don't know. I may not feel like getting rejected. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. Maybe there's some of us in the room like, oh yeah, I, I finished work. I have time to get rejected for an hour. I can't relate. <laughs> I don't think any of us can relate. But the Bible says that if we depend on God, and if we depend on the Holy Spirit, we can get these things done. Let's go to Galatians 5. Verse 16. Verse 16 says, this is Paul again, he says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Paul's desire was the will of God. And he shows us here that if we decide to do the will of God, we will gratify the desires of the flesh. It's a decision. Question, how did your week look like in regards to this? Was it a week of, yes, I want to please God, I want to have, I want to live life to the full this week? Or was it, you know what, I think I'll pass on showing my faith today. Maybe I'll pass on having a great quiet time. Maybe I'll pass on having a great prayer. 
That's not relying on the Spirit. No, Paul says, walk by the Spirit. He doesn't say, think about the Spirit. He doesn't say, ponder about the Spirit. No, he says, walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit and you will not desire the flesh. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Someone asks, hey bro, how do I get bold? How do I stay pure? How do I stay focused on God? Well, Paul says it right here. Walk by the Spirit. Make that decision. You guys with me? Yeah. Romans chapter 7. We're just going to part on the Holy Spirit today. Verse 22. The Bible reads, For in my inner being I delight in God's law. But I see another law work at me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. The Bible is very clear. What we do and what we feel are two different things. What we should do and what we want to do are often not going to be in unity. Sometimes some disciples get freaked out by this. Oh my gosh, you know, I feel like sinning. Oh my gosh, I must be evil. I must, oh, I must be a sinner. Yeah, you are. But guess what? You've got the Holy Spirit. You can change. And even Paul says here, the flesh contends against the person's inner being. When we read Galatians 5, it talks about being strengthened in the inner being. Well, you ask, what is the inner being? Your heart. What goes on in your heart and what goes on in your mind? Not the outward. Even in Proverbs it says, someone may be laughing outwardly, but crying on the inside. So that's what we need to focus on. What is going on in your inner being? There was one preacher that said a few years ago, the mind is the seat of all the action. If you can't focus on changing what's inside, you can't focus on what's changing outside. What did Jesus say to the Pharisees? Don't clean the outside of the cup. Clean what is inside first, and then focus on the outside. What comes out of a man is not what makes him unclean. It's what's inside that makes him unclean. And this is incredible because what it says is, if we have great quiet times in the morning, great prayers, deep times with God, it's not only going to change us on the day, no, it's going to change our week. But we've got to be consistent. And I think that's that's the issue sometimes with us as disciples. We can think, oh yeah, I'm going to have one great quiet time and that's going to last me the rest of the week. I don't know if you've been on a great date one time and you have an amazing meal. Maybe you have your favourite meal. Maybe you've got the jollof rice for the Nigerians in the house. You've got the jollof rice. You've got the suya. Oh yeah, you're like, man, I haven't had suya in years. Oh, you have the suya, you have the, you have the beef, you have the red stew. And you say to yourself, you know, this meal's going to last me the rest of the week. Right? No. No way. How about for the how about for the Asians in I know the Asians in the house they love rice. You have rice, you have pho, whatever you guys have the the seaweed. So you have sushi. I love sushi as well. 
you get the sushi, you got the you got the real crab meat, not the fake stuff. You get the real stuff, you get the avocado, you get the salmon, you get the soy sauce. If you're mainstream, you have the soy sauce. If you're really Asian, you'll have this. If you're really Asian, you'll, you'll have this secret sauce that no one else knows about. You just keep it within the family. You're like, no, 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 don't tell them, don't tell them. Say here, say here. It's got some unpronounceable names, so people don't know. You can't buy it in the shops. You can't Google it. It's impossible. I've been looking for it for years. I just can't find it. And you say, yeah, this meal's gonna last me the rest of the week. No. We gotta have great times with God every single day. That's why Luke 11. Jesus says, give us each day our daily bread. I don't know about you, I need to eat more than once a day. I can survive on, on eating one, one meal a day, but if I really want to have a, a, a busy day, a busy week, I'm going to need more. I need my breakfast, I need lunch, I need dinner. How much more are times with God? Question, how much do you rely on God on a daily basis? Is it just the one 10-15 minute prayer in the morning? Okay, great. I've got my 10-15 minute prayer. That's going to last me the rest of the day. Satan doesn't attack us once a day. He attacks us moment after moment after moment. But there's the question this. Are you prepared? Are you prepared for when he attacks? You have a great time with God in the morning. Say, yes, I'm ready for the day. And then you go outside and it's raining. And all of a sudden, the quiet time just starts dripping off your clothes. Like, oh, okay. I'm not ready for this. I didn't bring my umbrella. Okay. Maybe you go into work. And you think, yeah, I'm going to have a great day. I'm just going to focus on work. And then your manager says, hey, what about that work you was due for? And you're like, what work? This one. And he shows it to you. And you're like, oh my gosh, I missed the deadline. And the last thing you're thinking about is your quiet time. You're like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Maybe work ends. And you're on the train. And we're getting into summer, aren't we? And it's hot. And you're on the central line. You know, you know that yeah, 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 some of you are like, oh yeah, bro, you're speaking to me, bro. And you're on the central line. You've got someone's armpit in your face. It's like, it's like that. Someone, someone's reading a book and they're like, they're like, trying to read. Someone, some, some campus guy, he's got his headphones on, it's too loud. You can hear his, you can hear his, his R&B, his rap music. You're like, oh man. And it gets stuck in between stops. And it's hot. And it's sweaty. And it sticks. And the last thing you're thinking about is your quiet time. <laughs> How about then? We're going to be prepared for Satan whenever. <laughs> Even on the train. Let's go to Romans 15. Are you guys with me? Yeah. All of a sudden we talk about trains and you guys are like, Yeah bro, you're preaching to me. Oh my gosh. Yeah bro. Talk more. Give me faith. Give me faith. Verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace, even on the train, as you trust in him. This is incredible. The Greek word here is pistua, which means to be persuaded. To be persuaded by God. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of what? Power of the Holy Spirit. There we have again. The Bible says here, 
It's a decision. Paul says, may God, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. But there's a condition. The condition is, you've got to trust God. As we saw in the Greek, you've got to be persuaded by God. You know, when I'm not strengthened by the Holy Spirit, I have to make a conscious decision to trust God's process. I think about dating name. And I think, wow, we've been together for nearly four years. And I'm like, whoa, I've had to trust God's process. Visas, France, mission teams, moving. I'm like, whoa, I had to trust God's process. Feels up to me, it would not be like that. Year and a half, all together, dating, engaged, married, done. God's like, no. No, you're going to wait. You're going to wait a little while longer. You've got to trust God's process. Maybe you guys can relate. Maybe, you know, you want to get a better job. You say, hey, I've been in a great job for about six months. I'm looking for something new. And God's like, no. You've got to have integrity. You've got to be consistent. Maybe you say, hey, you know, I want to, oh, I want to go gym. I want to start working. I want to eat. I want to get, I want to get my diet right. God, it's been three weeks. Why do I not have a six pack? Why am I not buff? You gotta trust God's process. You say, God, I've got a new shape up, I've got a new dress. Why don't the brothers and sisters like me more? You gotta trust God's process. Because you can't get your confidence from those things, amen. I don't know if the sisters can relate. You buy a new dress, you think, oh, this is gonna look incredible. Get your hair done, you go to the fellowship. Brother comes up to you, hey sis, how you doing? Yeah, good. Yeah, I'm doing good, bro. Doing good. Doing good, bro. You know, went shopping recently, you know. Just, uh, you know, summer sale going on. Brother, say, man, sis, how's your quiet time? Oh, yeah, it's been good. Yeah, it's been good, you know. I'm, I'm you know, God has been blessing me, you know. Feet, feet fitted with righteousness. I don't know if you can see here, you know. Got the Cypriot cork on, you know. I was like, God is looking down like, what is this, what is this sister doing? Like, where is your confidence coming from? Or for the brothers. Brother gets a new suit. Walks into the fellowship, it's tailored. He's been working out, feels great about himself. Hey sis, so uh, when are you free for a date? When are, you, uh, when are you free for a date, sis? Oh, I'm fully booked, bro. Okay. Okay, cool. You know, I, I've been getting a lot of advice recently, you know, about, about my look and my appearance. And, uh, you know, I've been working on it, sis. What do you think? Oh, I didn't notice anything, bro. I didn't notice you changed anything. Well, there's there, like... This is not how you're going to get confidence from the Spirit. Nike is not going to give you confidence. (laughs) No. As it says in verse 13, Paul is very specific. He says, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is incredible. Why? Because earlier in Romans 5, he says, suffering produces perseverance Perseverance produces character, and character produces what? Hope. Many people ask, I've been suffering for a long time. 
Why am I not changing? Why am I not getting more disciplined? More self-control? Why am I not getting a better job? Why am I not changing as a person? It's because you're not relying on the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit says right here, will help us to overflow with hope. And this is incredible for one other reason. Because it says overflowing with hope. Bible says that you want, if you rely on, when we begin to make the decision to rely on the Spirit, we're not just simply going to have hope. No, we're going to be overflowing with hope. And this is one thing that we really, that we, this is a great opportunity for us in the East region. Amen. I mean, you've seen we've got new speakers, I remember we were meant to have a couple more mics. That was, it, it, this is the crazy thing. So, on Monday, uh, I, I gave uh, our leader Michael Williamson a phone call. I said, bro, we need more mics. He's like, bro, I'm thinking the same thing. I'm like, okay, bro, uh, what should I do? He's like, okay, go speak to uh, our sound guy in the South region. Go get all the stuff we need. Go speak to him and get it done. Gave the guy a phone call. I said, Meno, bro, we need, we need new, new mics and we need new speakers. What else do we need? He said, bro, we need this, we need this, we need this. I wrote it all down. You know how long it took me to get all that stuff done? One day. Stuff that we've needed for like over a year. When is the last time we had speaker stands in the region? Never. So I think, wow, if we can get stuff done like that, how much more can we get done in the region? If everyone, if every single person in this room had a a laser focus, how much more can we get done? Think of the jobs you guys could get. If you said, you know what, I'm going to get my CV done right away. What better jobs would we get? You say, hey bro, I need help. I need help getting a better job. Awesome. Get the help. Ask. Ask questions. And you will get the help. You think, bro, I'm not very evangelistic. I just don't know how to share my faith. I don't know how to lead effective Bible studies. Ask for help. You just ask. Hey, bro, can I sit in your Bible study? Can I see how you, you lead studies? Awesome. Sit down. Watch me. We can do these things to change the region. You say, hey, you know, I, 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 bro, you know, I've been single. I want to start dating. Awesome. You just ask. Hey, what can I do? Well, firstly, bro, have great quiet times. Because uh, hands up in hands up in the which sister wants to be with a brother who's unspiritual? No, brothers, there you go. That's your first piece of advice. Number two, which sister wants to be in the which wants to be with a brother who has a, a bad haircut who doesn't really take care of himself? None. No sisters. Brothers, there's your second piece of advice. I could keep going. Ask questions. Ask questions, and you will get the help. Same for the sisters. Maybe for the sisters you say, hey bro, I just, I'm not inspired. Awesome. Get inspired. Ask questions. What can I do? What can I do to change the service? What can I do to make it better? What can I do to improve things? You say, bro, the venue's not very awesome. It's hot. It's a bit sticky. Okay. Go find a better venue. Get stuff done. If we have this spirit in the region, I'd be fired up when we find our next venue. I mean, hey man, we've got a, new, a good new venue coming up in, uh, in my land that we've been in before. But just think, 
What if everyone pulled in together, everyone got better jobs, increased our giving, said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be dedicated to giving daily, uh, to giving weekly contribution, not daily contribution, <laughs> weekly contribution. Not, not, for, not for me, not even for, the, not even for the church, but for God. If I focus on God, what more could be done? We would pack this place out. That's what we could do. But it's all a decision. You guys with me? Let's go to Romans 8. Romans chapter 8. This is super encouraging. Verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us with our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. A lot of people read the scripture and say, I don't know what this is talking about. Like, when I pray, I don't hear the Spirit groaning on my behalf. I just hear myself pray. I don't know what, I don't know what the scripture means. This word, making intercession... This word occurs nowhere else in the New Testament. And it's used, and it means to, to present with anyone for the purpose of aiding. Basically, it, it simply means to help somebody. Uh, as with an advocate in the court of justice. So literally, the Bible says here that the Holy Spirit, for us, the Holy Spirit is like a lawyer. Isn't that crazy? To know that, that the Holy Spirit strengthens and helps us to get our prayers right with God so helps us because there's a lot of things that can stop God from hearing our prayers in James it says if you're double minded God's not going to bless you I can't remember the other scripture but it says that if you have disputes with your wife God's not going to bless you the married, the married men the married, married, married women know about that one they're like yeah bro I know that scripture even though you don't know it I know it Amen. <laughs> No, but the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is like an advocate to intercede. And it says that the Holy Spirit greatly assists us. Not by simply, not by praying for us, but by helping us to have what? To have the fruits of the Spirit. (coughs) To be patient. Sometimes you pray for things and we're like, God, why hasn't this happened yet? God, you know I need a better job. Because you know that if I get a better job, I can give more. You know if I have a better job, it can help me to be more relatable to people. God, why aren't you helping me? Oh, he's helping you. He's helping you to be patient. Why? Because patience is a fruit of the Spirit. Last time I checked Galatians, it doesn't say a 40, 50k job is a fruit of the Spirit. might help you, but last time I checked, it doesn't say a 40, 50k job is a fruit of the Spirit. It doesn't say a nice new suit is a fruit of the Spirit. Doesn't say even a dating relationship or a marriage is a fruit of the Spirit. No. But we know the fruits of the Spirit draw us closer to God. The Holy Spirit, from, from this word, it, this, this, uh, this Greek word, which was never could, I can't even pronounce it, so I'm not going to bother trying to pronounce it to you guys. It comes from two words Hooper and Entechano. Which means to intercede on behalf of. So God knew that we are not only not going to be perfect, but God knows that we need help. Isn't that crazy? 
God knows that we need help. So isn't it weird when God knows we need help, but we're not willing to ask for the help. We've got to ask God in prayer for help. Help me to be a better Christian. Help me to get closer to you. Help me to get inspired. Help me to be passionate. Help me to learn how to lead studies effectively. Help me. Help me to love my family. Help me to be kind-hearted. Help me to have better wisdom. Help me to be more discerning. I don't think we ask God for help enough. And we need to ask God for help so much more. Can you imagine? A millionaire comes into the... Imagine he walks through this door and says, So does anyone need any help? I've got like a couple of million to spend. What are you guys going to be like? What are you guys going to say? Oh no. I'm fine. I'm good. I've got a, I've got a meal deal with my name on it in Sainsbury's in, 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 like, in like an hour's time. I don't think I need any help. No, you guys be like, oh my gosh, we need so much help. You guys be queuing up. You guys be queuing up and trying to break through the queue. I can only imagine Jonathan in the back. He's like, oh, Chris K, you're fine, bro. You got, you got enough, bro. Let me, let me get to the front. I need some help. Sisters, they're like, hey, brothers, you step aside. Ladies first, exactly. Ladies first. This weave ain't cheap. This hair dye ain't cheap. Summer sales. I ain't going H&M again. I need to go to Zara, okay? GLC's next year. <laughs> Global Leadership Conference. No, you guys are going to be like, hey, we need help. How much more God? God's in charge of all the money in the world. You don't think if you say, God, help me to be a better Christian, he's not going to help you? Now, we don't preach the prosperity gospel. We're not a prosperity gospel church. But no, we do believe in God making us better Christians. Amen? Amen. Let's look at one last passage. Let's go back to uh, Romans 8, verse 26. Second Corinthians three. Second Corinthians three. And we'll read in verse seventeen. This is incredible. <clears throat> verse seventeen. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Whoa, isn't this incredible? The God you've been praying to is the same God that's helping you to pray to Him. Isn't that crazy? Oh my gosh, God, I need help. Yeah, I'm helping you. I'm helping you for the Holy Spirit. Okay, wow. Thanks for that, God. Yeah. That's God. God is everywhere. God is like, I'm helping you to pray to me. Okay. But what does that show us? When we look at the Gospels, when we look at Jesus, when we look at His kindness, His tender-heartedness, we think, wow. This is the same God that wants to help us today. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4 says, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not keep a record of wrongs. Is that incredible? So God doesn't keep a record of our wrongs? Can you imagine if there was a, a projector onto my right and it's got a record of all your wrongs? And we just list them one by one? Some of us would be here all day. Like, oh my gosh. We- 
my wrongs are still going on. It's still my turn. When is it going to be his? When is it going to be his, his guy's turn? Or that sister's turn? Why is it still my turn? Oh my gosh! God doesn't do that. He doesn't keep a record of our wrongs. The Bible says that God isn't proud and He's not rude. And in verse seven of that scripture, the Bible says, "Love never fails." First John four, the Bible says, "God is love." This is the God we serve. Not a God of money. Not a God of simply career. Not a God of, 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 of whatever we want. But a God that cares for us. He's not a boss. He is Lord and a Father. And we have to remember that as disciples. Because sometimes we can forget that. Sometimes we can forget that God is our Father. Sometimes we see him more as boss. Oh, boss, you know, I haven't got a guest out of the church. Boss, you know, please, you know, please forgive me for a week. Give me another week. God's our father. He's like, okay. Amen. Let's go next week. Let me help you. Oh, God, you know, I, I, I just, I blew it. I didn't have great times with you this week. I, I, I know I should have gotten that time with you and I just didn't. Well, as long as you're still alive, God still forgives you. Is that okay? Let's focus on next week. Let's get this done together. God's not a God that's just like, okay, you, go spend an hour praying to me, and I'll decide if I'll accept it during the day. God's not like, okay, you read, if you read this chapter, then you're close to me. If you read just these two verses, then no, it's not enough. God's not like that. Ecclesiastes it says keep your prayers short why? because God's listening the culture back then specifically for the pagans was they would uh, say things over and over and over again expecting to get close to God imagine that Father God, Father God, Father God you're amazing, you're amazing you're amazing, you're amazing, you're amazing you're amazing, you're incredible, you're incredible God God, Father God, Lord, Master Jesus, Saviour Christ, help me today. Amen. That's not God. That's not a relationship, you know. Imagine that. Imagine for the marriage. Imagine if that you was like that with your wife. Imagine that. Babe. Babe. Babe, babe. Wife. Honey. Sis. Incredible. Incredible. Amen. He'd be like, what's wrong with this guy? Who did I marry? <laughs> no, God is our Father. And the scripture here says that He is the Spirit. So when we read Galatians 6, and it says that God has, that the, the, the fruit of the Spirit is peace, kindness, patience, forbearance. God has all of these things. So the question is, why aren't we using them? Because we don't know. Because we forget. Satan wants us to forget the God we serve. He wants us to forget our purpose. And he wants us to forget the power that we have. In closing, my final practical. Study out these scriptures for yourselves. There is a lot that can be done in our region when we focus on the power that we have available to us. I think of Winston Churchill. He said, do not let us speak of darker days. Let us speak rather of sterner days. 
These are not dark days. These are great days. The greatest days our country has ever lived. And to God be all the glory.